listening to the Destiny Community Church Podcast. Today we're going to continue with week three of our series that we are calling Old School. On the first week of this series, I admonished us to return to the well-worn paths of Christianity that got us here. This is no time, church, to deconstruct our faith. This is a moment to build upon the foundational truths that, that got us here. Now, I'm not naive. Uh, Are are there some legalisms that needed to be abolished? Of course. Of course. We know that. Uh, Were there sacred cows that needed to be tipped over? Absolutely. But not all of our ancient paths are antiquated. You must understand that. They still serve a purpose for the church today. And last week, and listen, last week Mandy and I, we were, we were returning from Virginia. We drove to Virginia and back and, uh, to celebrate our anniversary, 27 years with this beautiful woman. Amen. We, she watched, I listened to both services because we didn't have anything else to do in a 10 and a half hour car ride. So um, uh, we listened. And, and Pastor Andrew, I want to say this publicly, one of the, the best messages I've heard this year. I will tell you, phenomenal. If you missed that sermon, you need, you need to go listen to that. And he challenged us to carry our own load, not to expect someone else to carry our responsibilities for us. And then I love that he brought it back around to God's grace. God's grace is what helps us be accountable for ourselves. Such a tremendous message. Um, today might be one of the toughest assignments that I've ever had as it relates to preaching the Word of God from this sacred space. I I do not take this assignment lightly today. 25 years ago, when I first started in full-time ministry, today's topic was not nearly as controversial as it is today. Times have changed. Society has changed. Culture has changed. But church, the word of God remains the same. This is a foundational truth. Though everything else changes around me, this is what I can depend on. And, and I need everyone in the room to understand that I'm not interested in, in cultural Christianity. And I'm afraid that that has infiltrated the church. Not this church necessarily, but it has infiltrated the church. I'm not interested in cultural Christianity or, or cultural theology. I'm called to be, preach biblical Christianity and biblical theology. And I understand that this sermon will not make me popular, not in a good way. It might, it might make me infamous. But, but at a time when, when our church is thriving, it's growing, um, on average we're as, as large as we've ever been. And here I am on a day like today, tackling a topic like this. And some of you are going to scratch your heads and walk out of the room going, why? why? When everything is going great, why would he do that? With all due respect, I'm more concerned with populating heaven than I am this church. I'm not going to compromise my convictions just to fill these chairs. I'm I'm thankful that you're here. Understand that. Everyone, all of you, thank God that you're here. I don't take that lightly. I'm honored that you would show up week after week and be a part of something that God is doing here that that I have the wonderful privilege of of being the lead pastor here, but I need you to understand that I'm not going to compromise God's truth and the truth of his word. And so today I'm going to be speaking on the subject of a biblical worldview of human sexuality. 
And all parents in the room, you need to make a decision right now as to whether or not your child is mature enough to handle this content. This is not going to be graphic, but it will be rated PG. Personally, if, if, you, if you're asking me, some of you will. I know some of the men in the room, before you bring your sons to man up, you'll, you'll send me a message and ask. I feel like all middle schoolers and above need to hear the scriptures about the issues that they are facing every day. And so I, I, I personally feel like they're fine being in here. Um, any, anybody under uh, the, the age of middle school, uh, that's your discretion. Parents, you know what your child can handle. Mom, Dad, don't put your head in a hole. You can't watch the Disney Channel or app without it being in your face. Nevertheless, I, I want to trust your decision on this and use your discretion. My heart is extremely heavy, and, and I'm, the weight of this has, has all week long. I have felt the weight of this. I've had people praying for me all week. Because there are people in this room and there's people watching online and there's women at the Florida Women's Reception Center that I love and I respect them. And there's people here right now that your lives are torn because of certain lifestyles that loved ones, friends, family members are living. And and these people are tasked with the difficulty of loving that person yet standing for godliness at the same time, and there's no instruction manual exactly on how to walk that out. There are also people that have chosen to befriend and be in fellowship with Destiny Community Church that have chosen a lifestyle that is contrary to the Word of God. And if that is you, first and foremost, before I go any farther with this, I need you to understand that Jesus loves you and so do I. Jesus loves you and so do I. You don't have to agree with me. You don't have to to see God's word the way that I see God's word in order for me to love you. Just as you are, I love you. And, And my love for you and the love of Christ is not contingent upon whether or not you adhere to biblical standards or not. My love for you makes this assignment that much more difficult. But I need you to also understand that my love for you and your loved ones is why I must preach this message. Because I am preaching this message out of care, concern, and love. I said for years, I've used this phrase many times, that you don't have to change for Jesus to love you. I hope everyone in this room understands that. You don't have to change for Jesus to love you, but you do have to change to love him back. In order for us to express our love, our adoration, and his lordship over our lives, we have to adhere to the teachings of this Bible. The living word of God. There's there's no compromise here. And what I'm seeing in the Christian faith right now, especially in the United States of America, is I'm watching compromise. I could not stay in my sinful state and express my, my love and his lordship over my life. And my prayer this past week is that God would anoint me to preach his word clearly and with authority, but at the same time let it be presented in love and not hate, bold, but not bigotry. So I, I want you to feel, you may not agree with me, you may be struggling with, with your sexual identity, you, you, you might have family members that are, that, that are struggling with that, and, and, and I want you to know my heart is breaking right now because of this. I also understand that I'm painting a target on my back today. We live in a very liberal county. And there are certain news outlets that given the chance, they will make life miserable for, the, for me for the truth that I'm about to speak today. And let me be very clear 
And, and I, I, I want you to hold back any agreement or anything that you have because there's people in the room that are hurting right now. But I want to be clear. I, I'm not going to bow to the intimidation of a woke society or an LGBTQ agenda or anything, anything that contradicts the word of God. And the difference with me and some old school preachers is that I love those that might be in contrary to what I preach. There's no hate here at all. There's concern. And I will not tolerate in this church any hate towards any people group at all. They're God's creation. We have to treat them as such. And you don't have to believe what I believe in order for me to love and respect you. But in the same sense, I should not have to believe what you believe in order for you to respect me. And so today, we shed the entitlement. That mentality has to go out the window. This is about love. This is about real love. And we shed that, that entitlement mentality and we love through our differences, okay? This is not a publicity stunt. I don't want anyone in here to think that that's what's happening. Um, this is not what you do as your church is growing, I promise you. I'm not going to be speaking to any news or media outlets should they get a hold of this. And listen, everything that I'm saying right now is going out live on the internet right now, okay? So I understand that, that it can get in the wrong hands. <clears throat> I will not be speaking. I make that promise to you as a church because I know I'm painting a target on your back also. <clears throat> Any quotes given will have to come directly from what is preached, nothing more, nothing less. And if you find yourself in disagreement with me this morning thus far, please give yourself room for the Holy Spirit to speak through the Word of God. If I can't back it up with this, then disregard everything I say. But I need you to understand this is a Christian church and we believe in the divinely inspired word of God. And if his word says it, we believe it. The purpose of today is not to belittle or denigrate a, a, a certain people group. This is not politically driven. If you know me, you know it's not. My goal today is to give a clear bib biblical view of human sexuality. And I want to bring clarity to an issue that is not as confusing as society is making it out to be. I also want to be able to empower parents this morning to have intelligible conversations with their teens and preteens uh, about God's design for human sexuality. Because parents, listen to me, if you don't inform them, if you ignore this and you don't inform them, the world will. Father, I need your touch. I need your heart today, Lord. I need to see through your eyes. No matter what I've prepared, Lord, God, you break it down to the love that you have for humanity, for the relationship that you long to be in with us. Show us, Lord, what we must do to love you back. God, it's your anointing that breaks the yoke. And my words are useless today if your Holy Spirit does not anoint me. So surround me right now, Lord. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 and 27. Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 and 27. Then God said, 
Let us make man in our image after our likeness. And let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. The first thing, church, that I want to bring to your attention is the word translated as man in verse 26. Let us make man in our image. This word is derived from the Hebrew word Adam, which is a generic word for mankind. It's where we get the proper name Adam from. And it is generic in the sense that it covers all of mankind. This would be a word that we would use to cover both sexes, every race, shapes, size, all forms of humanity, this is that word. However, the words that are used for male and female in verse 27 are different. It says, male and female, he created them. These words are not generic. They are not broad. They are extremely gender-specific. God's Word says that God created them, male and female, two genders, no more, no less. And church, our battle right now is that society is trying to convince our children that the sexual genitalia that a person is born with may determine their sex, but not their gender. In other words... You may have been born with those body parts, but that does not make you a man and that does not make you a woman. At last count, I believe that they are up to 72 different accepted genders. 72. I can't even fathom that. Like, I, I, I tried. I got past about five and I got extremely confused. And I don't think I'm the only one who's confused. We live in a society that is trying to convince us that gender should be left up to the individual. I have watched teachers in Alachua County, not just Alachua County, in Newberry, Florida, that have been advised not to inform parents of elementary age children when their son or their daughter desires to be called the opposite of their birth sex. Elementary children making decisions at school that their parents are not to be informed of. Parental rights have been suspended as it relates to what gender their son or daughter wants to identify with. If Johnny wants to be called Jill, then teachers, you must comply. If Susie wants to be Sam, then you cannot have a conversation with her parents because it is the student's right. In May of this year, the medical news today stated this. Gender is different from sex. Although genetic factors typically define a person's sex, gender refers to how they identify on the inside. Only the person themselves can determine what their gender identity is. Church, this makes about as much sense as me saying that I want to identify as a millionaire. I can claim it over my, you know what? I can even get out the credit cards and go buy the nicest suit that money can buy. I can max it out on expensive dress shoes. I, I can walk in looking the part. But you know what? 
When I go to the bank and, and I try to get a loan claiming that I'm a millionaire, they are going to want to look at some bank records. They're, want to, they're going to want to make sure that I've got that money and they're not going to refer to me as a millionaire unless I am a millionaire. What if I said that I wanted to be a four foot 11, 150 pound horse jockey? You know, I could dress the part, but when I come walking up to that horse, he's going to size me up real quick. He's going to look at me and say, you're six foot two, 240 something pounds, and, and you, you are not a horse jockey. You see, you understand what I'm saying. It's just not that simple, church. And they're trying to convince us that a person has a right to identify however they want to. That it doesn't matter what genitalia you were born with, you can choose to be a different gender. I wholeheartedly believe that this liberal agenda is not even understood by those supporting and preaching it. Because they're claiming that it's about human rights. It's not about human rights. Human rights are, that, that's equality for all races. That's human rights. Human rights are equality for every socioeconomic status. That's human rights. Human rights are equality for both genders. Not allowing a man to change his gender to compete in a woman's sport. Which, by the way, the University of Pennsylvania actually nominated a transgender sw swimmer. Uh, uh, um, he was born a man. And they nominated this person for the NCAA Woman of the Year. Women, you should be outraged with this. They have fought for equality for you for so long. You have fought for equality and, and now this is where we're at? In the name of equality, they want to take this from you? Like I said, I don't believe that those who support and preach this agenda actually know the truth of what's at stake. Here's what's really happening. It's a spiritual battle. It's not a physical battle. The enemy hates the crown of creation. You know what the crown of creation is, right? It's you. When God created everything else, he said that it was good. But when he created humanity, he stepped back and he says, it's very good. It's very good. Why? Because you are his masterpiece. You are the crown of creation. Ephesians 2 and 10 says, for we are God's masterpiece. You are God's masterpiece and Satan does not like it. God never left how we identify up to the individual. God didn't make a mistake, church, with how he created you. He has a purpose for you as a man. He has a purpose for you as a woman. Verse 27 in Genesis chapter 1, So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. There's a purpose for the sex that he created you with, the gender that God assigned to you. Another venue of this attack on human sexuality are the use of pronouns. How quickly, how slippery this slope is and how quickly we, 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 we just slide away from truth when it comes to this. But parents, be careful what you are willing to accept. As I mentioned briefly in week one of this series, there's a specific attack on what pronouns are acceptable to use in reference to God. 
please understand that I have no desire to masculinize God simply because I am a man. He masculinized himself. In, in his word, if his word would have called him Mother God, I would have accepted who she was and is. But that's not what God's word said. Instead, his word calls him God the Father. Jesus said, when you pray, you should pray our Father who art in heaven. The word calls Jesus Christ the Son of God. And some try to assign a, fem a feminine gender. Now, here's the next argument. I'm telling you, this is what is infiltrating churches right now. Some try to assign a feminine gender to the Holy Spirit because of words used to describe the Holy Spirit. Words like the Hebrew word ruach, which, which is Hebrew for, for wind, and it's grammatically feminine. Words like shekinah. You've, maybe you've heard the phrase shekinah glory. And, and, and it's Hebrew for divine presence or dwelling but, but it is grammatically feminine. There's no denying that. But it is important to note that the grammatical gender of a word does not imply a physical gender, church. There are other words in Hebrew, uh, such as truth and love, that are also considered grammatically feminine. It does not mean that truth and love are, fe are females. That's not what it's saying. And for those of you that took Spanish in high school, we understand that there are just some words that are not that that, that are considered rather grammatically feminine, but they do not impose a physical gender. Words like la mesa, la mesa, the table, it is grammatically feminine. La camisa, the shirt, the shirt, it's feminine. La casa. The house, grammatically feminine. But they do not assign gender to the actual objects. The table, the shirt, or the house are not feminine. The particular Hebrew word that was used for, for man in, in verse 26 that I told you about, that generalized term that refers to all of the human race, Understand this, church. We are all made in the image of God. Male, female, red, yellow, black, and white. We're, we're all precious in his sight, right? We, we know this. We are all made in the Imago Dei. We're in the image of God. We know this. I, I, I can explain it like this. If, if you see my adult children, our twins, if you see them and you hang out with them long enough, you will see that they are made in the image of their father. My, my, my son, my son, he, he has initiative like his father. I, I, I know that Caleb is, is athletic like his father. That's one way that we connected was through basketball. Kendall, my daughter, she's hard-headed. Like her father, I can't deny it. Sometimes stubborn, like her father. She's a musician. Like her father, that's how we connected. But just because Kendall is female and she's made in the image of her father, that does not make me female. I know I'm wearing pink shoes today, but real men wear pink, church. Get over it. She is made in my image even though we are not the same gender. 
The same must be said of God's creation. We are all made in his image, but that does not change the gender of God. Maybe you're looking at me and you're thinking, well, pastor, this is a little absurd. It's coming, church. You wait. It's coming. It's already infiltrating some churches in the Gainesville area. On Mother's Day this year, a church in Austin, Texas, altered the chorus of the worship song, Good, Good Father, that's made popular by Chris Tomlin. And instead, they sang this song to God, You're a good, good mother. They also used feminine pronouns for God in reciting the 23rd Psalm and the Lord's Prayer, all in an effort to be more inclusive. Just four weeks ago, as I mentioned in the first week of the series, I sat through debates in San Antonio, Texas, as ordained bishops argued over what to call God. He, she, him, her, mother, father. And I listened as, as there were ongoing debates, public debates happening on how we must refer to God. And I'm thankful, church. I'm glad that I can come back and report to you that I am licensed through a denomination that took a stand and denounced the use of feminine names and pronouns for God. Praise the Lord for that. I will not deny that mankind, males and females, are created in the image of God, but church, don't be deceived. Here's the real battle. If they can convince you that God's gender can change with the circumstances, they will eventually convince you that you can change your gender with the circumstances. That's what the, what the real issue is. That's what all of this is about. They can care less on, on whether or not God is male or female. What they're trying to do is distort what is truth in your mind. Wake up, America. Wake up, church. There's always more to the agenda than just your rights to be who you want to be. I read one report that stated that there are currently 70 children's programs with 259 different characters that do not comply with the typical godly standard of one of two genders. Instead, they identify as some other gender identity. 70 children's programs, 259 characters to influence your children. Our culture is trying to desensitize our children so that they do not walk as the men and women of God that they are called to be. That's what the battle is for, church. And finally, there's an attack against human sexuality as it relates to sexual desires. Church, this is not a new battle by any means. Unnatural desires have plagued humanity for thousands of years. This is not new, but there is a reason why Satan has perverted this act. To be clear, the biblical standard for human sexuality is one man, one woman, in the confines of marriage. That's what God blesses as it relates to human sexuality. One man... One woman in the confines of marriage. Anything else. Understand, for those of you in the room that you might be, well, well why aren't you talking about other, uh, other sexual sins? I will tell you this. Anything else that is contrary to the word of God, that is not one man, one woman in the confines of marriage, anything else is sinful. L let me lay down a scriptural foundation and then we will look at why the enemy is perverting sexual desires. Listen to what the apostle Paul said 
He told the Roman church in Romans chapter 1, verses 26 and 27, he says, For this reason God gave them up to dishonorable passions. For their women exchanged natural relations, exchanged natural relations for those that are contrary to nature. And the men likewise gave up natural relations with women and were consumed with passion for one another, men committing shameless acts with men and receiving in themselves the due penalty for their error. Paul would write to a young pastor named Timothy in, in his second letter to Timothy, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 through 3. He says, This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come, for men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, Incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good. Paul would also tell the church in Corinth in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 9 through 11. He says, or do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Now listen, these are strong words. I, these are not my words. This is what Paul is saying. He says, the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God. Do not be deceived, neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who practice homosexuality nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor uh, revilers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. And, and listen to verse 11. And such were some of you. This is what he tells the church in Corinth. And such were some of you. But you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. Paul told the church members in Corinth, he says, some of you, used to practice sexual immorality and homosexuality. But here's what he told them. He says, since then, you have been washed, you have been sanctified and justified by Jesus. Amen. I hear the critic now. Pastor, why are you so old-fashioned? Why are you so old school? Why can't you be more like Jesus? Didn't Jesus hang out and eat with sinners? The simple answer is yes, absolutely. Jesus hung out and ate with sinners. But Jesus didn't eat with sinners and tax collectors because he cared about being inclusive and accepting. He ate with them to call them out of sin. Not to help facilitate their sin. Not to put a stamp of approval on that sin. Jesus ate with them to call them out of sin, to be changed, and to live a fruitful life in communion with God the Father. His purpose was transformation, not affirmation. And I'm concerned, church, because there's way too many of us that are putting our stamp of approval. I'm not telling you to hate. Understand me. I'm not telling you that you can't be friendly with. But when the conversation comes up, the last thing you need to do is to put your stamp of approval. Ephesians 4 tells us that we can speak the truth in love and mature in Christ. In turn, it helps others mature in Christ. When the opportunity presents itself, we must go through that door and we must have a spiritual backbone about us that says, yes, I do love you, even though I may not agree with you and let the conversation come because you might be the very one that can help give them some scriptures, some of the scriptures that I've given you today and, and have a conversation with them to help lead them to the truth of human sexuality and how God designed it.
I don't have to affirm you to love you and care for you. As a matter of fact, if we truly believe the Word of God to be true, if this is truth to us, then true love will not just sit back and affirm a sinful nature. I didn't put up with it with my children when they were acting up, when they were walking in ways that, that, that were, were, were not pleasing to the Lord. I did not allow them to walk in those ways without correction. And true love will not allow your friends and your family to walk in those ways without some conversation about the truth of God's word. In the spirit of love, we should stand in the pathway of sinners and offer them a detour. If you're going to go to hell, you're going to have to go around me to get there. Why is this, why is this happening? I mean, I know, I know some of you in the room, you have, you have friends that are co-workers. I'll, I'll be the first to admit, I have homosexual friends. Okay? It's very intentional in my life. Some of you are, are struggling right now because you have family members, co-workers, friends. And it's not necessarily that, that you're all in, but you don't want to, you don't want to turn them off. You, you, you don't want to push them away. You, you enjoy their friendship. And, and I'm not asking you to end that. I need you to understand. I'm not asking you to draw that line and say, no, you're, you're out of my life. I shun you. That's, that's not, that's not it. That's not, that's not the walk of Christ. Okay. But I think it's important that you understand what's at stake. Why is the enemy perverting these thoughts? Why is the enemy perverting culture? Why is he perverting human sexuality? Why this attack? And it really comes down to this one phrase right here. It's because God wants a family. God wants a family. Before you were formed in your mother's womb, he ordained you. He included you in his family. God wants a family. 1 John 3 and 1 tells us, see what great love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. That's his love for us. He wants us in the family. God wants a family. And he created male and female and he told them be fruitful and multiply. Why? Because God wants children. God wants children. And he, and, he, and he told Adam and Eve, he said, I want you to give me children. And he looks at us as humans and he creates us as male and female. And he says, I want children. Give me children. And, and any lifestyle that denies him that privilege is in direct opposition to the word of God. The greatest gift, church, that you can give to God are children that grow up and trust him as Father God. The greatest gift that we can give to our society are children that love and serve God. Trust me, they're fighting against that, but they don't even know why they're fighting against that. They don't understand that God wants a family, and this is part of His plan to have a family. And for whatever reason, if you're one of the, the many people that that you're not in a position to have children. I, I understand this is heartbreaking for you just to hear the end of this message. I, I know that it's tough when you cannot conceive, but you need to also understand 
that that is a spiritual attack from the enemy. Just as he is attacking human sexuality, he is attacking bodies so that they cannot produce children for God. Let's put the blame where the blame is at. Let's stop blaming God. It's the enemy that's causing these things. Every good and perfect gift comes down from above. But if you happen to be one of those, of the many, the multitude that cannot conceive, then love and care for the ones that society has discarded. Find a way to connect with a child that needs parents. I may be fired after today, I don't know. I'm at a place in my life and in my ministry that if you want children and and, and adoption as part of the process for you, and I know that you have a godly home, if you can't afford it, you come see me. I have a feeling there's some people sitting right here in these chairs that will help fund that. Mark, if we have to sell 2,000 Christmas trees just for one family to adopt, we'll do it, man. We'll figure out a way to do it. We'll put stops all over Alachua County if we have to. This is not about that. Don't, Don't let the enemy make this argument about something else. Because they try to misconstrue human sexuality and God's plan for it. By, by saying, well, if God's so concerned with having children, then, then why would he do that to people? He didn't do that to people. This is the enemy's attack. This was brought on because of the curse that was put upon this planet and upon humanity. This is the enemy's attack against humanity because God wants a family. And the enemy is trying to limit how many accept the invitation into the family of God. Why? Because Of his rebellion, Satan has been excluded from the family of God and misery loves company and he does not want God to have any children. So where do we go from here? What do we do with all this? First of all, let me say to all the parents in the room, this is not time to relax. You can't afford to do that. Not, not and raise your children to love and fear God. You cannot do that. This is not a time to relax. Your children and their sexuality hang in the balance. You cannot go to sleep on this. So first of all, parents, I'm asking you to do this. Be informed. Be informed. Above everything else, be informed. Know what your kids are viewing online. Know what your kids are viewing online. Listen, there there are no no rights no rights for a minor living in my home I get to view, look at it any t- and now my, my children are 24 years old now, one has moved out, the other one still lives at home, if you still live under my roof, there, you have no rights you understand that, right? let's stop catering to this, and, and, and let's be informed, let's, let's know who our, our, who our children are hanging out with, who their friends are and I'm telling you this, parents, you can. You can limit who they are in contact with. You, you know, I, I've heard it for years, but you show me their friends, I'll show you their future. Just, just, just know this. Be informed. Don't be afraid to have talks about human sexuality with your children, and it needs to start at a young age. Now, I'm not telling you. I'm not telling you. 
that you need to go into detail and explain all the body parts and how babies are made and all that. I'm, I'm telling you, if you start at a young age and human sexuality is something that can be discussed as their bodies begin to change, you can talk about those things and you don't leave it up to somebody else to teach that. You certainly don't leave it up to the schools to teach that. But, but, but you, you have those conversations. When it comes time to talk about the, the deep issues of human sexuality, you, you're going to have a, an open road there because you've already paved that road. You've already been down that path. Start talking about human sexuality to your children now, sooner than later. Because first impressions will leave a, a lasting impression. They should hear it from you first, not from some kid in the locker room. Not from some liberal teacher that this is not their standard for living. Finally, pray over your children and let them hear your prayers. Don't be afraid to pray out loud. Pray for their spouses that you haven't even yet met. When they're young, you pray. Let them know you're praying for for her husband or, or his wife. It sets a, sets a godly expectation, and, and, and that's a wonderful thing. It's not, it's not a bad thing. Don't, don't feel like you're ruining and controlling their lives. They're children. They need to be told what to do. They need to be told the direction that they're going. Scripture says that they're, they're like arrows in the hands of a mighty warrior. Those arrows are to be aimed. We are to aim them. Stop. Pastor Andrew told it last week. It's our responsibility. Don't put that on somebody else. And I want to close this with, with this thought here. To someone that might be practicing homosexuality or maybe someone experiencing gender dysphoria, that means you're not comfortable in your own skin. You, you're, you're not sure. God showed me years ago that I needed to disarm this argument of I was born this way. For years, the church, we just got so offended at that phrase. I was born this way. No, God wouldn't make you that way. God wouldn't make you gay. God wouldn't make you feminine. God, no. We, we were so offended by this, and God showed me. I said, remove that from the argument. If that's the foundation for which they want to build their case on, there's so many other truths that, that, that need to be presented. Let's get past that. Psalm 51 and 5. For I was born a sinner. Yes, from the moment my mother conceived me. You see where I'm going? We were all born sinners. I have sinful tendencies from the moment of my birth. But here's the truth. You may have been born that way, but God loves you too much to leave you that way. I know it's not as easy. You 
just walking up and just erasing everything and just saying, hey, I'm going on with my life because it's, it's, it's complicated. But I promise you this, Mandy, Mandy and I will walk with you every step of the journey. If, if you're living in a homosexual lifestyle and you feel the Spirit of God pulling at your heart today, you come to us. We've done some crazy things to help people get out of that lifestyle. There was one time when then this one young lady came to us and she had a tattoo here of a, of, of a, a rainbow on her arm. And she was coming out of that lifestyle. Mandy and I went with her to the tattoo parlor. And we sat there as they covered that tattoo and covered over what she felt like was sin and shame in her life. We held her hand as they covered that tattoo. I, we will go to the extremes to help you figure this out. And I know it's not figured out overnight. If you feel like you have been identifying as something that maybe today God's word has, has convicted you and you're like, I'm not sure if, if I'm living a life that is, is based upon the word of God, but I don't know what to do. I don't know how to get out of this. I don't know how to change Let's struggle through it together because I promise you, I'm not ashamed of you. I'm not embarrassed by you. I just want to see you be the man or the woman. God's called you. And I'm tired of the enemy convincing you otherwise. You are a child of God. matter to God. If you've gone as far as to take hormone blockers or even had a sex change, you come to us. Let's figure it out. I know that sometimes when we stand on foundational truths anytime we take a stand Lord it can feel so forceful God I just pray right now 
that even through my inabilities to express your heart that right now all over this room and those watching online, Lord, that your love would flood them. Surround their lives right now. person or online, I need to ask this question. Maybe you're struggling with your sexual identity or, or maybe you're practicing homosexuality. Or maybe you know someone, someone that you love and you care for and you're trying to figure out how to balance grace and truth in all of this. There's no judgment here. My heart is breaking right now. But if that's you, I, I, I need to know. I want to agree with you in prayer. Whether you, it's you or someone you know struggling in this area. With no one looking, I just want you to raise your hand right now and say, Pastor, pray for me. I need prayer or one of my family members needs prayer. Come on. Come on. Yes, yes, yes. Come on. One of my co-workers, I love them dearly. I, I, I love their friendship. I want you to take that life that's represented right now, whether it be yours or someone that you love. And I want you to lay it at the feet of Jesus right now. Lay that life at the feet of him or her. Lay them at the feet of Jesus right now. Father, you see these hearts. You see these lives right now, Lord. Some that may be struggling in their own sexual identity, Lord. Lord, I pray right now for freedom in Jesus' name. Freedom to become who you've called them to be, how you created them to be. Freedom to love, Lord, the way that you love. Lord, we don't get to redefine love. You are love. So teach us, Lord, to love like you. be brought to truth through the filter of your word. 
Thanks for listening to the Destiny Community Church Podcast. To learn more about DCC, including our service times and location, visit us at destinycommunitychurch.org.